Welcome to the first episode of the Matt Shipe Sports Show. This is your host, Matt. I got Paul M. as my producer to my left. Uh, let's get right into sports. Let's go with uh, let's go with some little UFC right now. Let's go with the major news that UFC light heavyweight champ John Jones tested positive for cocaine two days after his title fight. You know, Dana White comes out, supports John Jones. He's going to rehab, supports him. You know, I don't really agree with Dan White because a couple months ago, he said anyone that tests positive for any illegal drugs, steroids, performance enhancers, weed, he'll suspend them for a year. Well, why isn't Jones being suspended or stripped for a title? Nick Diaz tested positive for weed. He lost the fight, tested positive, gave him a no contest, and took away his $100,000 profit that he made for the fight. So how is weed more non-more serious than cocaine? It makes no sense. John Jones should have been stripped of the title. The Gustafson-Anthony Johnson fight should be for the title coming up next month, but it's not. I don't agree with Dana White. I don't get how you can go back on what you said before, but something needs to change in the sport. I mean, how can you allow a guy to go around, you're doing cocaine, and you're going to do nothing to him? And on top of that, Dana White found out he did the cocaine December 4th, a month ago before the fight, and you still let him fight, and then he tested positive again? That means he kept doing it. That makes no sense whatsoever. Dana White needs to get his priorities straight and stop worrying about making money and worry about getting these fighters straight because as soon as he tests positive the first time December 4th, Fight should have been cut off, and he should have went straight to rehab. But that's just my two cents on it. All right, let's get into a little football action. Let's go with the NFC NFC uh, divisional game this week. Let's go with the first matchup that has, you know, my least amount of interest, and that's the Seahawks versus the Panthers. These two teams faced off in October earlier this year. Close game came down to the last three minutes for the Seahawks scored a touchdown. You know, I mean, is non offense productive. I mean, Cam Newton threw for like a buck seventy of interception, Russell Wilson a buck sixty with a touchdown interception. I mean, there was no offense. Lynch ran for about sixty yards. Jonathan Stewart ran for about seventy. I mean, it was a defensive game. This one will be no different. It may be boring. And you know what? Panthers could pull off the upset or they may get blown out. That's what's gonna come down to it. Uh next game, the Packers versus the Cowboys referees. Yes, I said referees because of what happened last week with that blown call against the Lions. It was horrible. The Lions should have won the game. If not, took in more time off the clock. And you're going to have the head ref come out of the Jerry Jones party bus. Really? And you're not going to pay the guy? Come on, Jerry. Be smarter than that. Um, Aaron Rodgers is dealing with a torn calf. Whether that affects him or not, we don't know. I mean, he came back in the second half against the Lions and played strong. You know, he scored another two touchdowns. So it all depends on how his leg feels. If that goes out at any point, that calf could tear completely, and he could be done. And that could be it for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And here comes Matt Flynn, and that wouldn't be good. I mean, the Cowboys would just probably just steamroll right to the Seahawks. Um, let's go AFC now. We got the Broncos and the Colts. This game interests me the most because this game could go either way. Depends on what Peyton Manning shows up. Peyton Manning for the first 14 weeks or Peyton Manning from the last three weeks. I mean, he threw... Three, four, I think it was four interceptions against the Bengals. That's awful. You're Peyton Manning. Come on. The only good thing they got going on right now is C.J. Anderson, who came off out of nowhere after week eight and became one of the leading rushers in the NFL. He's a pass threat that they needed. I mean, he's 10 times better than Monte Ball, 20 times better than Ronnie Hillman. He doesn't put the ball on the ground, and he's doing what he needs to do. They got Emmanuel Sanders and Darius Thomas, and one thing that Peyton needs to do is what happened to Julius Thomas. This guy has 11 touchdowns. He hasn't done anything the past five weeks. Why are you going away from your tight end? Yes, he's hurt. You know, that's what happens when you get hurt. You know, you want to work him back in, but you got to get him going. You have to use him the way Brady uses Gronk. He is your exit. If you're about to get sacked, get it to Thomas, get it to Anderson, and you should win this game. Colts, Andrew Luck, on the other hand, you know, came out this week that his 
Girlfriend doesn't like the beard. Well, you know what? The beard, he's winning with the beard. Let him keep the beard. You know, they got Boom Boom in the backfield, who's actually coming on pretty strong. Uh, you got T.Y. Hilton, turned back from injuries, doing good. You got still got Reggie Wayne. And the thing is, they don't utilize Reggie Wayne enough. This guy's been in the lead for over, you know, seven, eight, ten years, however long it's been. And he's, he's their best receiver. I mean, he's awesome with slants. Him and Hilton run probably the best slant duo in the lead. If you need a third and short, you're going to get it with these two guys. You got Kobe Fleener, who's has his good days and his bad days. I mean, this guy could catch 10 catches for 100 yards, two touchdowns, or you can throw the ball to him 10 times and he drops it 10 times. You got Dwayne Allen still coming back from injury. But, you know, he has the weapons. The only thing with the Colts is their defense. If you gave this team a good defense, they would actually probably win this game. But, you know, I have to give it to the Broncos. They have the offense. They have the defense. You got Von Miller out there. And it's just it's too much for the Colts. I think it'll be a close game, but it could also be a complete blowout. Last but not least, the game of the weekend. Joe Flacco and the Ravens against Tom Brady and the Patriots. On paper, the Patriots should dominate this game. But let me tell you something. Tom Brady against the Ravens in three playoff games. Seven interceptions. Tom Brady against 12 other teams. Seven interceptions. What's that telling you? He has a problem with the Ravens. The Ravens are 2-1 and one against from the playoffs. They should be 3-0. and oh. I go back to that game three years ago. Final second. He just um, Billy kind of missed a field goal. You know what? I blame that on the coach. You have one timeout. He should call the timeout. Calm Billy Cundiff down. Don't make him rush the kick. They probably would have gone to overtime and probably would have won the way they were playing. But you know what? This team has the Patriots number in the playoffs. They play them tough. They know what to do. If you stop Gronk, you're going to win. If they can get to Tom Brady, make him uncomfortable, this game will be close. And I believe with Joe Flacco is unbelievable. He's, he's ridiculous in the playoffs. People complain about him making money. You know why he made the money he did? Because he wins in the playoffs. If the Ravens can somehow win 10 games a year and they get the playoffs, they have a winner. That's where you make your money. You don't make your money winning 10 or 11 games in the regular season like Andy Dalton does. You win in the playoffs. Because what has Dalton done in the playoffs? He hasn't won a game. What does Joe Flacco does? He only has a Super Bowl and a whole bunch of playoff wins. Look what he did last week. He finally beat the Steelers at home. I mean, away in Steeler territory. He's going to win this week. I have the Ravens with the upset. The Ravens are then going to go to the Broncos. And I tell you what, this is a dangerous Ravens team with the way Joe Flacco's playing right now. On the other side, I'm going to go Seahawks. I'm going to go Packers. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers because he's a bad man. Let's talk a little baseball real quick. Washington Nationals, Jason Worth had orthoscopic surgery on his right arm shoulder for inflammation. They say it's time for tables two to three weeks, or excuse me, two to three months. So hopefully he'll be ready by opening day. If not, they're gonna, they may have to go out and find an outfielder on a minor league deal just to have him ready in case Worth can't go because Worth is a big part of that lineup. Other than that, they've been really quiet lately. I mean, they picked up Dan Ugla and Heath Bell. I have seen a lot of people yell about that. They're minor league deals. They're not guaranteed to be on the team. Stop worrying about it. They may not even make the team. They know what to pay them. But I tell you what, they bring a veteran presence. Let's go back to all those years. They had Adam LaRoche, veteran. They had Rafael Soriano, veteran. A lot of people forgot they had even Ivan Rodriguez past his prime. But you know what? He was a veteran catcher that helped out people like Steven Strasburg, Jordan Zimmerman. He helped these guys out to make them who they are today. That's what these old guys are here for as veteran present. But you know what? Ugla could have one last miracle season up his sleeve and maybe start a second base over Danny Espinosa. I mean, God, Espinosa can't hit anything. 
Better make him play from the right side of the hitter's box or you're going to have 200 strikeouts on your hand. But you know what? The Nationals are fine. They're the only division, the only team in the division where they're the clear-cut favorite. Atlanta's, they just fire-sailed everyone. They ain't going to do anything this year. The Mets, they have a good young pitching staff, but the hitting's not there. The only team they should be scared of are the Marlins. You got Juan Carlos Stanton. They went out and got Dean Gordon. They went out and got Michael Morris. You got Jose Fernandez coming back to pitch. This is going to be a very dangerous team, the Marlins. But I don't think they're there yet to compete with the Nationals. They're still young. The Nationals should win this again by 20 games. They should have this division wrapped up by early September. Golf starts this week, and I'm a big golf fan. That starts this week with the player with the champions of a champions tournament. So we'll see what goes on there. You know, you're gonna have a couple fan favorites there. And um, big news: Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods returns to Phoenix. He'll be playing Phoenix and then Torrey Pines bat to bat. It's the first time he's been in Phoenix in a while. All the talk about Tiger is can he come back? You know what? Tiger is past his prime. I'm sorry. He could maybe win one or two majors, but he's not going to catch Jack. Get off of that, people. He's not getting the Jack Nicholas. He's too old now. He just he doesn't have intimidation factor. Tiger Woods five years ago, you'd never see him smiling on a course. What's he doing now? Smiling. There's YouTube videos of him throwing paper airplanes at other golfers. Come on, Tiger. Get back to that intimidation factor. Make people be afraid of you. They're not afraid of you anymore. They're going to start being afraid of this guy named Roy McElroy, who is just incredible. For God's sake, the kid's younger than me. He's 21. I'm 25, and he's made more money than me than I'll ever make in my life. So what is Tiger Woods, what's his perception right now like in the golf world? Does everybody think the same thing you're saying? You know what? A lot of people I think do because he, when's the last time he's won a major? It's been since he hurt his knee that one year where he made, he played on a torn ACL. Ever since then, he hasn't done anything in a major. I mean, he's been up there, but he hasn't scared anyone. He hasn't had a intimidation factor. I mean, he's never, the past couple of majors where he's been in first place, he's lost it. Before five years ago when Tiger was in first place after three rounds, there was no catching him. He had that intimidation factor. It's gone because people know they can catch him. He may be in first place by three or four strokes, but people know that they can catch him because he can mess up. And once his head is gone, he's completely losing. I mean, Tiger Woods has been fined by NBC for so much for losing his calm out there. And that's when he breaks down. People can catch Tiger now and they know it. So his intimidation factor is completely gone. So what's the last thing that he, he won? What's like the last major thing was the U S open couple of years ago when he went off, when he went against uh, Rocco Mediate in the one-on-one um, playoff to the side where he was playing on the tour ACL, but ever since then, he hasn't been the same. And he won't admit it, but I'm going to say it now. When he hurt, he hurt his back in that car accident that his wife caused when she went after him with that golf club. Oh, uh, gotcha. He won't admit it, but his back is not the same. But he won't, he won't admit it because he has too much pride, but he won't admit that he's hurt. And he's been playing hurt for the past couple of years. So no, no future for him, I guess. He's washed up is what you're saying. He's washed up, but until he may win a major or two. He'll win a couple of tournaments, but he won't pass Jack anymore. Gotcha. Um, let's go into some soccer news. I'm a big soccer fan. They just came out with the um, roster for the U.S. World Cup, but not the U.S. soccer team. And, you know, pretty much the same people are on it. Dempsey, you got Michael Bradley. Uh, no Tim Howard. I mean, he's concentrating on Everton right now. Uh, big name that I like to see on it. He's injured, but uh, DC United's own Bill Hamid. He's a star candidate to take over for Tim Howard once Howard retires. Uh, he's a homeboy. DC United, you know, you don't you don't see too many DC United people on the World Cup roster or any kind of US roster. He's injured right now, but I'm telling you what, look out for this kid in four years. If Howard doesn't go, this will be the guy to go, and I'm going to love it. But 
sad part is I'm a Germany fan. I haven't had a chance to talk about the World Cup since my first podcast. You know, Germany did great. Their scoring was unbelievable. Brazil, 7-1 to one against Brazil. Who would have thought that? No one. Everyone thought Brazil was going to pull it out. Germany came out and just went rolled over Brazil. And I don't care if people say, hey, Neymar would make... No. Neymar was, wouldn't have made a difference. Maybe it would have been 7-3. to three. But Germany just rolled over Brazil. Who do you roll with in uh, FIFA? FIFA? I roll with Chelsea. I'm a big Chelsea fan. <laughs> There's a big rumor going out that uh, Chelsea wants Messi, but due to a new rule where you can't financially stack your teams, that's not going to happen because... Barca's going through some issues right now. They can't do any transfer because they did some illegal tampering with Neymar two years ago, so they can't do any transfer windows. So, I mean, a lot of those um, Barca players may want out because you can't bring it in to help them. I mean, Puyo, one of the best, greatest Barca players of all time, just quit because of all the turmoil over there. This guy is an international star in soccer, and he just quit. Never, who, this is a guy you never thought would quit, and he just quit soccer because of what's going on in Barca. He's not playing anymore? No, he he came out and said he's done with soccer. He's retired from Barca. Who knows? He may still do international, but he as of right now, he is done with Barca. Get him to the MLS. Hey, <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, big news for MLS fans. Steven Gerrard, England great Steven Gerrard, has announced that starting that season, he will be playing for the LA Galaxy. I tell you what, this is great for MLS that all these European players, they may be coming over not in their prime, but they're showing the world the MLS, you know, We'll go playing it, and we'll help them out. David Beckham, when he came, put MLS on the map. And all this time, more people have come over. We've had Tiaris Henry from France come over. You have uh, K- Tim Cahill from Australia. He made an incredible role in the World Cup, by the way. You have these international players coming over. Um, who know who could come over this? I don't know. There's rumors that Kaká could come over. And I tell you what, let me tell you something no about Kaká. Kaká may come to a team in Orlando. Let me tell you something about Kaká. Brazil has been snubbing this guy. He played in two World Cups, and they get put him out. They put him away and it's horrible. Kaká was one of the best players, was one of the best players in the world and they just wrote him off like he was nothing. I thought it was horrible what they've done to him and I still think he could probably still play for Brazil if he wanted to but because Jose Mourinho at Chelsea did not, excuse me Chelsea, at Real Madrid at the time did not like him. He didn't play and to play in the World Cup you need playing time and if you don't get that in the regular seasons you're not going to show anything in the World Cup at all because you're not going to have that playing time. You're going to be rusty. But like I said, Steven Gerrard to LA Galaxy is big news for MLS. It's good to have someone over here that has some credibility. Who did he play? He was with Liverpool for his whole career. How is he old? Yeah, he's probably in his mid-30s, upper 30s now. How old was, uh, uh, what's his name when he came over? Beckham. Beckham. In his 30s. Okay. Past his prime, but he still made an impact. I mean, for God's sake, it was Beckham and Donovan on the same team. I mean, that can't get any better than that. If it's good for the MLS uh, and, you know, and get some more exposure for it, then bring him. Pay him a, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, they're begging about $300 million plus the team. And Can't get, beat that. Get him over here for some exposure. Look at that. My producer, Paul, with some little insight on soccer. I love it. You know? I'm good for something. Um, I must, You know what? That's about does it for the first show of the Match Shipe Sports Show. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll try to get this out once a week. Um, next week, we'll go into the NFC-AFC Championship. Maybe we'll talk some more John Jones, maybe some more light. And I'm actually going to do an MLB preview next week. I'm going to try to break down all the um, divisions pick my winners and maybe go ahead and pick the world series winners i mean spring, spring train's not here but you know what how cold it is outside it's never too early to start thinking about spring for paul and myself thank you and have a good day